So can class be separated from the poverty debate, or have politicians succeeded in demonising the poor and silencing their voice? That's what we're discussing in this podcast, Languages of Poverty from the Open University. And a lot of these, this language of poverty that's, that we've discussed seems, from what you're saying, to be about class. And I know that your book, Chavs, uh, you argued that the term really was used to demonise the working class. What did you mean by that? Well, what I meant by that is, I mean, if we think about the word chav, it's a term which means lots of different things to different people, and its meaning actually changes depending on the context. What I was arguing, as much as the demonisation, was the airbrushing out of existence of class. This idea that we're all middle class now and that all exists of the old working class is a problematic rump, often work shy, often defined, for example, when we talk when, when this idea of the white working class emerged, an obsession with immigration, of being on the wrong side of history when it came to, say, multiculturalism. Because during the New Labour period, there was this idea we're all middle class now, and then the idea of the white working class emerged towards the fag end of the New Labour period, particularly when the BNP began to emerge in traditional Labour areas like East London, Dagenham and Barking, um, and so on. Um, and the point about the word chav is it just summed up the idea of this problematic rump, this old remnants of the working class. I mean, the term itself obviously can be used in an explicitly classist way when it's used as a as acronyms like council-housed, associated vermin, council-housed and vulgar, council-housed um, and violent, for example. Um, there's whole books uh, um, which are all about the so-called chav phenomenon, one which dismisses all kids and free school meals as chav kids, which another which goes through what they call chavvy jobs, like working in a supermarket or a fast food restaurant and so on. But for me, what was key was actually this idea of taking on the, the concept, the false dichotomy of a middle class overwhelming majority versus this rump. And it has to a degree, filtered out into popular attitudes in this sense. Although, in fact, even a very recent poll showed that most people self-define as working class. And actually, that's largely remained quite stubbornly high, between 50 to 55%. But one study by the organisation Britain Thinks, a polling organisation, had 71% saying they were middle class. When they were asked to define what they meant by middle class uh, through imagery, the most common image that came back was the cafetiere. And it was this idea, it was a cultural identity, it was something to aspire to, it was classy. And when they were asked, those th that group, the self-identifying middle class people, to sum up what they thought by working class, they came back with very negative images. For example, teenage pregnancy, antisocial behaviour, spending money in a tacky way, uh, one was plastic surgery gone wrong, which I didn't quite understand, to be brutally <laughs> honest. But it was all the, it was what you could call chav images. And the minority, the 24% who said they were working class, when they were asked to define what it meant by working class, the most common response that came back, back was it just means being poor. Now, I think this is the depressing but unsurprising legacy of the assault on, on if you like, working class Britain, um, which came hand in hand with this idea that aspiration is about becoming middle class, in quotes, this idea of being middle class, this cultural idea of being middle class. And therefore, if you are to remain being working class, that's almost associated with lack of aspiration, with being tacky, with being all the things which I suppose the term chav came to associate. And to follow up for more, not only has there been an assault on people who are impoverished, 
There's also been an assault on the notion of class itself. We hear reference to the middle class, or the squeezed middle to use the, the current terminology. But it's a, it's a very de-economised middle class, isn't it? It's not seen as rooted in any economic framework. Prior to this, we can talk about the underclass. Now, the underclass was a declassed class. It was a class beyond what was seen to be normal mainstream society. So accompanying this growing denigration of working class lives, this distinction between the respectable and the non-respectable, the notion of class itself in some ways has been hollowed out to status, to appearance, to identity, to culture, to lifestyle. You know, working class people get their milk delivered, other people go to the supermarket and get it. That kind of very superficial idea of class. And I think it's incumbent upon us to try and reinforce an idea of class that's about economic exploitation. So when we talk about languages of poverty, that inevitably takes us into a discussion, really, about class and about how we live and about the other values that drive government agendas, about what kind of society we want to have and the needs of the economy. I and mean, it's quite a wide discussion, isn't it? Yes, I mean, I think that there's a number of different aspects to that. I mean, it's a very complex issue, but I don't think, personally, you can talk about poverty without talking about class because poverty is rooted within a class society. It merges out of a, a society which is based upon an exploitative system of economic relations and therefore focusing on the culture, the morality, the behaviour and the lifestyle of particular groups and people in isolation from those wider economic factors leads to huge problems. It leads to a problem in terms of understanding of what society is. It leads to very hostile and punitive welfare and social policies that blames people for their own predicament. And what we've seen, I suppose, going back to that language point, in practice is the airbrushing out of existence of the idea of a respectable working class which used to exist. These days, in modern Britain, the idea is if you're respectable, you're what they describe as middle class, and if you're non-respectable, then you're the underclass. But that point about looking at poverty in a class context is key and rejecting this cultural framing which has become so popular which is basically about lifestyle things like which radio station do you listen to if you listen to radio 4 then you are middle class which shop do you go to which shop do you go to do you read the times or do you read the sun or the mirror do you watch ITV1 or do you watch the BBC1 these are these like cultural conceptions of class if you like and I have a very traditional view of class. It is to do with your relationship, your economic relationship, if you like, which is if you're working class, then you have to sell your labour in order to live and you lack autonomy over that labour, as well as all those who are denied work because of the economic system in which we live in, where unemployment is a structural part of that economic system. And it's that issue of having common shared interests which are in collision with the interests of another class. So if you are working class, then as I say, you you work uh, for somebody else for a living. Uh, it's in your interest to have higher wages, better conditions at work. You rely on public services as well. Uh, so good, a good NHS, good, good local state school, for example. And if you are someone who is, if you like, a, a capitalist, then you employ other people. It's in your interest to keep their wages down if you can, their working conditions to also cut back there as well. You will rely often on private health care and private education and you will resent having to pay taxes to fund public services that you don't actually use. Those are people on a collision course. But actually poverty, again, isn't a static group of people. People move in and out of poverty throughout their lives. There's a large section in the population which is susceptible to falling into poverty. 
that's increasing at the moment because of rising job insecurity, because of declining real wages, for example. So it is a class phenomenon because if you're working class, you're far more likely to fall into poverty than somebody who is obviously above that. The Open University. For more information, go to www.open.edu forward slash iTunes U.